Ugh. I can make it through. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that reminds you that Me Too happened before the 2010s. I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jaren Sheldon. You mean after. And, yeah. No, I mean before. Oh, oh, sorry, I thought you meant, like, the movement itself. Oh, not... no. Things were happening long before this was public. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, where the sex crimes are coming from on air now, instead <laughs> of 20 years later. Yeah. Uh, this is gonna be a fun episode to talk about, Yikes. isn't it, Jared? I, like, I'm gonna have a hard time being funny this episode. Yeah. This was hard to watch. Yeah. This was brutal. This is brutal. We'd watched an assault and then 20 minutes of gaslighting. Yeah. Uh, we don't have any emails because we're doing this back-to-back yeah, with the last one. Yeah, we're today. I do want to pull out. Someone was like, hey, remember that time when Jared was like, yeah, the Twigon tribe is like a big happy family. The vibe tribe? The vibe tribe. Yeah, that's not going to last too long, is it? No, apparently not. No, it's not. This season, I told Steven when, after I had seen episode two, but before I had seen episode three, that I was like, yeah, this is rocking like a solid like third place so far for me. Like, it's sitting right in the middle with, like, you know, uh, Marquesas, Borneo, and then Thailand. Now I don't even know. Because, like, it doesn't seem like it gets any better next episode. It seems like it's only going to get worse. We certainly hit a, a bummer... Uh, a bummer episode with more bummer to to come soon. Yeah. Yep. Welcome. Welcome to Survivor Thailand. To get us into the episode, Stephen, uh-huh. we're recording two in the same day. Yeah. Do you want to tell us why we're recording two in the same day? Because your plan is this weekend. Because it's very cheerful and uplifting. Yeah. I, I mean, my plan is to drive eight hours to go see a, a three-year-old's birthday party. My my nephew is having a birthday party at a fire station. It's going to be super cute, and I want to go and celebrate with him and see my family. Uh, I may not make it because I am recovering from illness, but sure. uh, that's the plan as of right now. Oh, oh, there's a cat in here. Oh, usually the cat's not allowed in the room to record. Yeah, because he's an asshole. No, but he's he seems to be sleeping and doing his thing. I'm gonna let him do his thing until he gets in the way. <laughs> Speaking Start your timers. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of bummer things. Uh, oh, no. The reason, well, the reason I was wearing this is because today is the opening round. What is this, Stephen? You have to tell them what the, this is. This, the thing that I'm wearing currently is a hockey jersey, which is from my college, Minnesota State, Common Mankato. And today was the opening round of the NCAA hockey playoffs. And for anyone who follows hockey, uh, the state of Minnesota got screwed in their bracket building they had three teams make the tourney and all three of them were in the same corner of the bracket so the university of minnesota was the one seed the overall one seed and when they win they get the either the winner of my college and st cloud state Mm -hmm. both minnesota schools both notoriously good against the university of minnesota (laughs) terrible for that just bad bracket making anyway we lost so more bummers for things that matter to no one except for me. That's okay. You're welcome. Shall we just go be bummers? I'm I'm 
honestly contemplating if we should even be recording an episode. I mean, we have to. Yeah, we can't just skip it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we can we can talk about it. It's, it's probably going to be a shorter episode. Yeah. Because that's just the nature of this. Yeah. But uh, things need to be said. The True. I mean, yeah. Okay. Things Good need point. to be said, and we need to talk about what happened. Yeah. Because it will continue to be an issue here for a little bit. You're right. It, yeah. No. Yep. Yeah, you're right. All right. So here we go. <laughs> Sad bumper. <laughs> Sad bumper. Okay, so this episode came out on October 3rd of 2002. We didn't mention the title. It's named Family Values, which is Yikes. very fitting, actually, with the types of people that yell about family values. Anyway, <laughs> uh, really not a lot happened in the week between episodes. Uh, the only thing, and it's only applicable to Steven, but it would make Steven sad and there go, there but ergo make me happy. Go on. Seattle running back Sean Alexander sets NFL record for most touchdowns in a half with five in the first half of the 48-23 win versus the Minnesota Vikings. Oh my god. He ran for four 80-plus yard receptions. You know what's crazy is that the also the most running back touchdowns by in the NFL for an entire game was also set against the Minnesota Vikings by, oh, what's his name, for the Saints. Kamara? Yeah, I think it was Alvin Kamara. Okay. Uh, oh yeah wait wasn't that the christmas day game yes it was <laughs> broke my soul and the number one song has changed it is now a moment like this by <gasps> kelly clarkson kelly clarkson yeah that's right well this is that's like her that's that was her song yeah in the show the american idol like finale that they they wrote for her specifically mm-hmm. and it it was a good it's a good single it's a good song yeah uh most of the movies in the top five we already talked about barbershop the banger sisters the Tuxedo, which I've never heard of. Uh, it's a Jackie Chan movie. Oh! Yeah, he, he like gets a, a tuxedo that gives him martial arts powers. That's right, I remember that. Um, my Big Fat Greek Wedding, and then number one, Sweet Home Alabama. Ooh, okay. My sister loves Sweet Home Alabama. It's Who's, who's in that movie? Reese Witherspoon and Josh Lucas. Reese Witherspoon was what the answer. Yeah, she's the for. famous one, yes. Yeah, Josh Lucas. I don't know who you are. That's whatever. Whoa! I didn't realize how badly rated this movie is. Oh, really? Thirty-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oof. I mean, you just cash in on that Winner's Kidding title. That's all you need. Oh, it. That's the critic score. The audience score is like a seventy-eight percent. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. So all in all, it mixes to like a yeah. Some people like it. Some people don't. Yeah, I don't really care about the critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. You don't? Not really. I think <laughs> critics are full of shit. Yes. I also like looking at an opinion for someone who, like, watches movies for a living. Yeah, it's just a little, like, a little pretentious to me. Oh, yeah. They get, they're so jaded and so, like... Coming from someone that is pretentious and jaded. This is not art. Yeah. And I need it to be art. Like, dude, you're watching Shrek 2. Like, it doesn't need to be art. Fuck Calm you. It down. Shrek 2 is art. It is. It's beautiful. <laughs> Terrible <Okay>. example. <laughs> Fine. I will not come up with a second example. Uh, so Steve and I talked about before this episode, before we sat down to record this episode, we're going to do the episode in two parts. Sure. We're, how normally we go through, like, the chronological events as they're presented to us in the show of the episode. We're going to do... 
the non-assault stuff in the beginning <laughs> and then switch to the assault stuff because the the whiplash of jumping between those scenes is jarring to watch yeah. and even harder to talk about and record in that way. Yeah. Okay. So, let's let's start in on the episode, the 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 actual episode yes. stuff, not not the the gross stuff. We'll do that and then we'll come back. Episode 3, Family Values. Twigon still clicking is the Yeah, they're the Kumbaya tribe of misfits is what I wrote down at this point in the episode. Yikes. Uh, Ted and Gandia were bonding at this point, and yeah. it's, it, like I said, it's it's so icky, but we won't talk about that. At this point, they're like, hey, this is a, like, we're, we're, we're buds. We're, yeah. like, very affectionate, and things, like, I feel good about this. And, anyway. And the cave advantage comes yeah. in. Like, it's really, I, I anticipated it last episode. It's good. I think it's going to come up so much before they merge, but, like, Sukjai is wet and miserable and drained. Yeah. The only person on Chuigon who is drained is Gandia, for a very specific reason, but ev- everyone else is sleeping fine. Yeah. This cave is, like, we see, Chuigon wins both of these challenges. The reward, a little dicey. Yeah. We'll talk about that. But it's only going to get worse. The lack of sleep is only going to keep compounding. Interesting. It, interesting thought you have there. So yeah, that happens. We go over to Sukjai. Stephanie's sleeping by the fire still, all by herself. Why? Everyone's wet. Everyone's starving. Everyone's Ally McBeal, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a beautiful line. She ends like, I'm so tiny, I'm Ally McBeal. Which you're like, that is a very early 2000s reference, yeah. isn't it? Re- relevant for the time, very dated for now. Yeah, I don't... What is Ally McBeal? Do you know? I, I, I don't know. All right, to the internet. I, I want to say it's like a law show. Ally McBeal is an American legal comedy drama okay. television series. Yeah, it's one of those things I only know because it is a reference. Like, it's what people say when they want them to be put in, like, the early 2000s. Sure. That's funny. Yeah. And Rob looks like he's losing his mind. <laughs> Rob is losing his mind. Rob is turning into Greg from <laughs> season one. It's it's pretty funny. We, we just see... We see episode one Rob. I feel like episode two Rob was... A different beast entirely like he's like i need to really rein it back in i need to try to make a bond with these people. yes episode one rob was <laughs> silly goofy fun times and like a little bit of like lashing out episode two rob is like okay i gotta bring it in i gotta yeah. play it cool episode three rob is i am unhinged <laughs> i will eat someone if they get too close to me hide your babies <laughs> I might choke them. Yeah, Rob's Rob's all over the place. Jake is a huge blister on his foot. And overall, they don't know how to use their net that they won last episode. <laughs> they catch one very tiny fish. One tiny fish. It's, uh... And who was it? Was it Rob that was like, it's so weird. He gets very philosophical about the fish, right? Yes. He's like, it's so weird to be sitting on a beach eating fish, which I eat all the time, and being so close to them having no idea how to get them. Something that, like, he says it like it's super deep, and we're all like, yeah. He says that it's so weird to be in a place where fish come from. <laughs> yeah! Where you're like, dude. <laughs> what? <laughs> one. There's a lot to unpack on that one. <laughs> one. This is not where fish come from. Fish live in the ocean. They fish live everywhere live in the water. Everywhere. 
Fish live in lakes. There's more water than land, my guy. <laughs> it's... I don't know, man. Like, it seems like one of those moments that you're like, are you high currently? But he's yeah. not. He's... This is just him. I hate Rob so much that I've gone around to liking Rob. <laughs> I am going to leave you there. Because I feel like this episode shows us how much of a villain Rob is. No, I know. Rob's actually the worst. But <laughs> it's... It's somewhat entertaining. It is. It really is. Beck, uh, we're, we're not going to talk about this section. This is too yeah, we'll just We can just jump to the We'll reward. skip to the reward. Yeah. Reward challenge. This is a nuts. A bonkers <laughs> rewards challenge. Here's your reward. Men. And like when they were coming up on the boat and there was the beret, the, the, red, the red berets in there, yeah. I almost I almost looked as if he made the joke of like, here's your reward. You get to take two soldiers home. And then he said that was the reward. <laughs> and then you get to take two soldiers home. <laughs> I was like, this... What? These two red berets, which is Thailand's equivalent of the green beret are going to come to your camp. They're going to help you in whatever way you need, show you how to do things, show you, help you build your camp, help you find food, show you what's edible. And yeah, it's a big reward. They, you take them back to your camp and you go, okay, here's a map to the other camp. Go kill them. Go do something <laughs> about it. I also love, we'll get into their, their experience in the camp. It does not seem like they spoke much English. No, I don't believe that they did. Hilarious. <laughs> like, like the situation of what's happening at the camp is obviously very serious, and we will talk about that. The uh, those two guys just vibing, and like they're the contractors in your house that don't speak English while you're going through like a divorce. A divorce, exactly. Like th that is unintentionally kind of funny. It really is. It's, and it, it's it's also horribly tragic, but yeah. it's, what what a time for those two guys. The most weird fish out of water scenario, but we have to win the challenge first. Yes, yes. So this challenge, you have to steal 10 items from a boat. These boats are located across bamboo bridges that kind of fork in different places, but they come together at this one point where there is an attack zone. And you have to be in the attack zone, and your opponent has to be in the attack zone. If you come at, toward each other, and you're both in the zone, you can... Auto zone. <laughs> you can push the other person into the water, they lose their item, yeah. or whatever. And if you ever fall in the water for whatever reason, you have to go back to your boat, you lose your item. Correct. I assume, like, a PA puts it back in the boat. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, if you attack out of the attack zone... Not only do you lose the item that you have, you are kicked out of the entire game. You cannot participate anymore. You forfeit one of your items that you already have received. And the opponent gets that item. So you're, you're thinking, oh, okay, that's a, a huge punishment. Yeah. Like, we, you don't think anyone's really going to do it. Or and, if they do, it's going to be on accident. Right, and that's, that's the thing. Is like, it's like, oh, okay, so that's to make sure that you don't, like attack somebody on a different part of the yeah. obstacle this attack zone is way too small it is way too small but it's also a safety thing like yes. you can't just blindside someone and i'm glad that there's only one attack zone yeah if there are multiple well from a game dynamic it bums me out from a safety dynamic yes there should only be one it should have been like maybe it's like it's like maybe a quarter of the plank i think it should have been like half of the plank yes yeah. And in future iterations of this, they 
do fix that. Okay, good. Yes, but there's other issues with future iterations of this, which we will talk about. Okay. Uh, anyone who's there with me is there with me, and we can just vibe off of this. Man, a lot going on. Okay. Anyway, Chewygon gets out, and they're struggling. They fall in the water over and over again. Multiple people fall in. Sukjai is like, nah, I'm just gonna dunk on you. Dunk you into the ground, baby. Yeah, I mean, I will say, Chewygon does catch up. Uh, yes. Even before we get to the... <laughs> the the shooting themselves in the foot the done game by crimes. Sukjai. Yeah. Yeah, the game crimes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, they're up like three to two and it's close and then yeah. it's like four to two four to three five it's to like three. seven to three it's like that was the the biggest gap i think it might have been seven to four seven to four i think you're right yeah something like that anyway then we get our first oopsie doodles and ken makes contact out of the attack zone and so you're like okay it was an accident. It he could, was he was so close. He was to so it. close. He was like so, two inches from someone it. Someone must. Have, there must have been a judge like sitting there, ready to make a call. Yeah. And it, it was like his arms were forward over the attack zone, but his feet were clearly not in. Yeah. And they show us the the clip, so like you can go and look. He wasn't in. Yeah. So okay, there, there's Noopsie Doodles, and he's gone. Rob is over in the boat, like flicking off the camera and yeah. flicking off Jeff. Like, that's bullshit. Soup Jai is... And he's not the... Rob's actually not the only one pissed about it. He's yeah. the one who's the most animated about Correct. it. Correct. But everyone on Soup Jai's a little bit like, come on, like, that's ticky-tacky. Yeah. And it is. It but is. he broke the rule. Yeah. Yeah. And then Rob, in his... <laughs> in his most tactful way, instead of pushing off Clay, goes to him by the throat, out of the zone. This interaction was so yeah because it also didn't look real like okay so i come from the stage combat world uh-huh. it looked like bad stage combat it did it, but like i it, i don't think it was fake but like he he grabs him and his like he has his hands like not even like there's like on his neck but like not really where you put your hands to choke somebody it looked like he was trying to grab like upper chest and then his arms just moved up to neck like the low neck area and it, yeah. it it looks so bizarre. And then Clay reacted like he was being electrocuted. Yeah. It's like, gah, 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 gah. <laughs> <laughs> but I I get like the idea of like we're playing a game and yeah. you're going for the throat. No, no, totally, totally. I would be shocked too. Maybe not react that way, but <laughs> man, it was very silly. And Jeff has none of this bullshit. It is hilarious. But his his explanation, like you attacked him out of the zone and by the throat. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's part that was hilarious. He was like, he was like, Rob, you were outside the attack zone when you grabbed Clay by the throat. <laughs> yeah, like the attack zone part was the problem. The throat <laughs> part, we're just gonna breeze on by. I think he was just happy he didn't have to make weigh call. in on the throat thing. Yeah. He's like, ah, oh, you did this thing wrong, so like, fine. Like that's a crime. I need to right? get you out of this game. This yeah. is the episode of Crimes. <laughs> At least that one was kind of funny because no one got hurt. Yeah, and it just continues to spiral. Stephanie grabs while she's already been knocked off, and she like goes to grab somebody else while she's in the water, so she gets tossed. Jed gets tossed. It's like, wow. And, and, uh, to a point where you almost don't have any people left. Yeah, I mean, that's half your tribe. And, yeah. well, two people had to sit out, so you have two people left. Yeah. And one of them is... One is Shean. Shean, who is 
getting just yeeted <laughs> off of this thing in every attack zone. Sheehan, one of the tiniest people that we've seen on Survivor. Correct. And yeah, that's no, 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 not not gonna do you well. Yeah. So Chuyan just makes a huge comeback because Sukjai can't play the game correctly. They self-destructed. They did. And Jeff was all in on that. Like, yeah. you keep doing this to yourself. I don't know what you think He's, you're doing. I think he straight up says, like, Sukjai, you are self-destructing. Yeah. This is good Jeff commentary. Yes. It could have been better, but it's good Jeff commentary. It's it's unfortunate that it has to get to the point where it is absurd for Jeff to have to say things like that. Yeah. But you're right. It's good commentary. <laughs> so Chuigan wins the two Red Berets, who... W let's talk about the Red Berets outside of the the shenanigans the red berets were super helpful they were so helpful they they walk in and they just start being like yep this is edible this is edible this is edible and you're like what the huh? fuck they Dude. make like a gourmet meal yeah a, a beautiful meal that they cook in their walk and he's they're just walking up to like a tree they're like this is edible and they pull all the leaves and like see eat them and they're like yeah that's edible he pulls all something he's like soup <laughs> boom 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 like, they knew, like, individual English words, which I think made it even funnier. Yeah. Because they were trying to get across very complex points with not with the language barrier. Yeah. Those guys were awesome. They were so cool. They're just, like, repairing the boat. <laughs> They're just fixing all the stuff in the camp. Yeah, They're building a shelter inside of the cave. Yeah. They're like, oh, wait, you're sleeping on the ground in the cave? No, no, no. I was so interested in the, the bamboo shoots that they cut in half and they, like, built a... Almost like a well in yeah. the sand. I want to see what that's used for because we didn't really get to see it. I, I want to say it's either like a trap for animals or it's a place to store things. I was thinking maybe to store it. It's to store food. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe it's just a well. It could just be a well. They were like, hey, our well's really far away. And they're like, oh yeah, no. I don't know how that would work because they're it's in the sand by salt water. So I don't think that would work, but I don't yeah. know. I've been wrong before. Then you'll be wrong again! That's, I will be wrong many times. They had these red berets for way too long. They did. It was... It should be like a two-hour reward, not a 24-hour reward. Yeah. Or like, till the end of the day. Sure. I think that's even more acceptable. But they definitely slept overnight with them through everything and just like kind of sat there in moments of awkwardness. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, those, 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 those poor guys. Those poor guys. <laughs> yeah. So, over at Sukjai, Rob's being an ass about this challenge, and he's going on a rant and says, I'm not going to be a sore loser, and then goes on to proceed to be a sore loser for another three minutes. Uh, yes. He, and he's just, like, being a jerk about Clay. What, what is, what is, yes, and that was really cringy, the whole, like, he was, like, yeah, he picked on the nerd, but it, what's even dumber is that he's kind of right in the wrong way. Explain like, that to me. Well, because his whole point with, when, outside of just having big feelings is, guys, that's the first challenge we've lost, and we didn't lose it because they beat us. Uh-huh. And he's right. They didn't lose that challenge because Chewygon beat them. They beat themselves. Yeah. If that's the message, like, if you could just not be an asshole for, like, five minutes <laughs> and communicate that message to your team, that's actually a good message. Yeah. It's hidden under several layers of bullshit, but it's there and bullying. And bullying. Yeah. I want to make a parallel because I think it's interesting dynamic that we have two, both of these people in the same season. We have Rob, who 
is not in control of his emotions. No. And we have Helen, who is also not in control, or, like, in a different way of, like, clamping down on her emotions to a point that there are no emotions. Yeah. Rob's emotions control him. Uh Uh-huh. Helen tries to isolate her emotions. Yeah. From herself. It's a lot. Yeah, no, you're right. That is an interesting parallel. It's, yeah. Just just the fact that we can watch these play out in the same time, and they're both horribly self-destructive in different ways. In almost opposite ways. Yeah. Fun. Also at Sukjai, Jed wakes up from a nap, and the fishing net is gone. So, let's, let's play this out, shall How we? How did this happen? Because from Jed's... I think it was probably Jed's fault. Yeah. But from Jed's perspective, he left Rob in charge of it. Although yep. he never defends himself. That was also something I thought was weird. Uh-huh. We never see him tell the tribe, like, hey guys, I actually told Rob I was going to take a nap, and he was supposed to watch it while I was gone. I don't know. They just put it in the ocean. Yeah, they just put out a net and then left it for hours. What makes you think you can do that? That's also just, like, not how nets work. No. You're You're not going to catch anything that way. Eventually, the fish will swim the other direction. Yeah. If You need to be moving that net in order to catch something. Yeah. And eventually, you have to close the net. Yes. Because it is. It's just a, a single plane. You've made a barrier. You've yeah. made a fish barrier that they can swim around because <laughs> there's nothing keeping them there. If you happen to be lucky enough to put it over top of a fish, eventually, it's since it's floating, it can just like get under it. Like Maybe you get lucky and one fish is stupid. But the only way you're gonna catch something is bringing it back in, which you can't do because you lost it. Yeah, it floats away, but apparently not far enough that we can't see it. Hilarious! It's as they're searching and clearly not looking very hard. No, we see over the waves, and Survivor slows it down as one of the waves crests and comes down, and then we see the buoys of the net over top, like six feet away from them. Like, oh, dude. And then it continues to pan out, and then it shows the net super far away now, and they blew their opportunity to go get it. What idiots. <laughs> that's so frustrating. So that's what Helen and Jan were looking for. Like, you lose a fishing sling, I I get it. Like, it's, it's a tool designed to shoot out. Yeah. You lose a net, a stationary object, you're dumb. That, yeah. I, this tribe, man. This season, <laughs> man. It's, it's a lot. It's, this is like, Africa's cast was kind of boring. Uh-huh. Like I didn't like a lot of Africa's cast and like Australia's cast had some duds, but like a lot of this season, a lot of these people just seem actively bad or dumb. I like most of Chewy gone. Uh-huh. And I like a couple, I, I, I like one person on Juke. Sukjai. Sukjai. <laughs> He's going to get it eventually. Oh God. I didn't write it down for some reason. But I don't remember having this many people that aren't just, like, kind of nobody. Uh-huh. That are, like, actively bad. We seem to be going in an archetypal extreme. We seem to be going in archetypal extremes. And that we have these people who are caricatures of people. And that I think Rob is the best example of, like, he is just this, like, skater boy to the extreme. And a bully. And we have, 
like these old people who are so out of touch and we have this lazy dentist for whatever reason. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what archetype that is. I don't is. know what archetype that is, but... <laughs> and is, is Jed the laziest person we've seen on any season? Yes. I think so too. We're in season five, my guy. You've seen four seasons, probably. It, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It what is your strategy? Works. There is none. Why are you there then? He was hoping to delegate all of his work for the rest of his life and then never do anything. Oh, he's a dentist. That makes sense. Weird dentist. Dad. I don't know. All right. Like I. Sorry if we, my my dentist is listening. But... Listen, that would be weird. We if we've had two dentists on the show and they're both awful. No, it's not a jab at dentists. However, I don't know. It's just just weird how he thinks that he can keep getting away with this. Yeah. And blatantly, like, saying, hey, I'm just delegating all my work. He says that to us? Yeah, like, it's a point of pride. People are, clearly, they know. That's somebody who thinks they're smarter than everybody else. Yeah. Or thinks everyone else is just fucking stupid. Yeah, so, just the, the old. The show is better for having, for Jed being gone. Correct. It would have been better with other people being gone, but Jed is a is an okay consolation prize. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, immunity challenge. We have we have a puzzle, a big ass puzzle. But one of the most common puzzles in the world. Right. Yeah. I was like, wait, this is in Mass Effect One. <laughs> like I know this puzzle. It's all over the place. That's funny because I I also have a video game reference of the same puzzle. I believe it's also in. Uh, a game called Black and White for the PC. Okay. It's a god sim. Bioware is obsessed with this puzzle. It's okay. in every one of their games. Okay. Yeah. Essentially, it's it's a house, but it's in it's sliced in layers, and you can't put a larger layer on top of a smaller layer, but you have three circles, and you have to move your your hut in its entirety in the correct order over to the final destination. Yeah. And you basically just get if i'm remembering correctly those been a while since i've done the puzzle uh-huh. you have three spaces and it starts in one and it needs to be in i don't know if it needs to be in two or three but whichever one it doesn't need to be in basically you have to build it in that one and then it's easier to get over yeah so you have to get essentially every single piece except for the bottom piece in another yes in the other one and then just move the bottom piece and then start over the whole process again of moving things back and forth exactly in theory, this puzzle is super easy, but they actually had to move the pieces, and they had weird restrictions about everyone has to be in the same circle at the same time. I don't know. It's That seemed dumb to me. I'm glad they're experimenting with stuff, but this ain't it. This, this ain't it. This puzzle is weak, and... Its rules are weak. Yeah. I, I believe uh, Shean when she said, yeah, I could have solved this right away, and uh-huh. I think Jake could have too. Yeah. We just wanted to watch the two idiots fail. We wanted to watch the world burn. We wanted to get rid of somebody. Yeah. And both tribes at the start of this are like, hey, we want, we kind of want to get rid of somebody. I don't know that Chewie gone as badly wants to get rid sure. of somebody. They don't badly. They would be upsetting. okay if it were to happen. Yeah. I mean, maybe that would have been more of a conversation if they weren't already down two members. Yeah. And if they hadn't lost almost every challenge up to that point. Correct. But yeah, they win. They win. So Chuigan wins, they win their first immunity, and so Suchai has to go to Tribal, and we get in this weird spot of Rob wants Xi'an, but Ken doesn't want Xi'an, like... Rob tries to talk Ken into Xi'an, and Ken's like, yeah, but Jed doesn't do anything. Yeah, but look at that. Jed's a nothing. 
we are far better with Shean than we are with Jed. Yes. And it's it's so clear. I cannot believe that we're even having this conversation. Well, Rob got his feelings hurt by Shean. Yes. In episode one. How dare someone emasculate me? A woman talked to him in a way that he, that was not flattery, Stephen. She <sighs> needs to go. Get rid of her. Yeah. We're done. I I don't have any notes on tribal. No, I mean it was a pretty boring tribal. Yeah. To be it's, perfectly honest. Uh, all in all, it's it's a 5-3 vote for Jed over Shean. Shean got votes, but you were a little on your toes there. I was. I was I was surprised when I, I expected Jed. And I expected Rob, but when the third one came out and I hadn't thought about Stephanie because uh-huh. I forgot how close she was to Jed, I was like, oh, the dam broke. Because I didn't I couldn't at the time couldn't think who the third one was. Yep. Oh thank God. <laughs> we avoid a scare. Jared almost loses the love of his life, Shean. I mean, not necessarily, like, Shean's maybe my favorite player on that, the only player I really like on that tribe. Although, Aaron and Penny, we haven't seen a lot from, but I, I have some hope there. But the season would have been an immediate downgrade. Like, it would have been worse with her going home. Can you imagine everyone just, like, putting up with Rob's bullshit? Rob's still there. I mean, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but at least he's been called out a little bit. Yeah, he didn't win the vote. Yeah. Hopefully he sees the writing on the wall, and we'll see how that rea- how he reacts to that. <laughs> yeah. So Jed's gone. Jed is not coming back. Surprise. Shocking. Yeah. He is still dentisting, though. He has his own dentist practice. Uh, has a lovely family. I don't know, man. Why was he on Survivor? I don't know. That's two votes in a row where I'm like, why was this person here? And, like, I understand a little bit for Tanya. She was sick. She was allergic to the malaria medication. Okay. Yeah. But Jed, why were you here? Why did you take someone's slot? What a waste. What a waste. Yeah. It's, they, they do acknowledge later that they did throw that challenge so that they could get out someone. And yeah. I guess specifically Jed. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, the only person we saw trying was was Rob and Jed in the challenge. Yeah. So it, they, they wanted it all. Everyone wanted this to happen. Uh, you can look at his his uh, headshot here for his dentist practice tree. He's a very beautiful man. He's a beautiful man. Has a beautiful family. Yeah. Good for him. Good he should have never him. been on TV. You you didn't need to go I'm sure Survivor. you have a rich and fulfilling personal life. Why were you on Survivor? Yeah. How would he do in modern Survivor? Awful. He is always the first vote of his tribe if he plays like that. Yeah. Terrible. He has no charisma. He is delusional mm-hmm. about... Like, he has no ability to see other people. Uh-huh. He is selfish his tribe made the right call. They literally threw the challenge to get rid of him because he was so useless. The cop on their team said he's lazy in a way that is hurting us. Yeah. <laughs> like, not even just, like, lazy not helping. No, lazy actively hurting. Lazy, you're getting in our way. Yeah. Do you want to do protagonist of the episode now or later? My protagonist of the episode is Gandia. We might as well just get into it. Okay. Before we get into it, I just like trigger warning out the wazoo. Yes. If if you want to end the episode here, do so. That's why we wanted to do it this way. Yeah, part of the reason, yeah. But yes, trigger warning, sexual assault, harassment, like all sorts of all sorts of gross shit. All sorts of gross shit. Feel free to end here. Thank you for hanging with us. We'll see you next week. Let's get into it. Jesus fucking Christ. Jesus man. fucking Christ. So we have this conversation about how, like, yes, we're getting very close. To, like, Gandhi and Ted are getting close. They're very, like, affectionate. And the whole time she was talking about this, I felt a butt coming. Yeah. I could feel that the air was tense when she was talking about this. And I was like, okay, so they had, like, some sort of blow up. 
Nothing happened yet, though. This was the night before, I believe. I thought that, I think that was a confession that was recorded the next day. I you thought. could be right. I don't. I didn't take notes about when exactly that happened. And it's, it could be hard to tell. Maybe I. Maybe that was just like the framing of the episode itself, not her words. That but could be too. Yeah. So Ted, basically, from what we gather from mm-hmm. from uh, from Gandhi's story, spoons her and, and asks if he can put his arm around her. Yeah. And she said that's fine. And then from there at some point in the night, starts grinding up against her several times, kissing and biting her shoulder, and playing with her hair. Yeah. At that at that point, you're like, it's pretty cut and dry, right? Because he admits it. Yeah. And, and it, the, his excuse is so fucking paper thin. Like, oh, I forgot you weren't my wife? Yeah. What the fuck? It's... You don't. You don't forget like that. You knew he was there. He knew what he was doing. And you have this episode actually, or at least the dynamics, the 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 gender dynamics that come into play in this tribe in this episode show why it is so important to believe women or anyone that is a claims that they are they have been assaulted. We see how all of the women immediately know. Yeah. They immediately know. Yeah. That that is true, and that that happened. And they're immediately like, all right, well, fuck Ted. And one, uh, Jan goes to, oh, what's his name? Used car salesman. Brian. Brian. And go, tells him, and for game context, she has to, because she needs to pull a guy on their side. Yeah. And identifies Brian. Basically says, hey, this is what happened. We're going to get rid of him at the next vote. And Brian... Now, if you take out all of the context of everything else and just take Brian's words of, I want to hear both sides of the story without any context of anything that happened, that sounds like a reasonable thing to do. But the problem is when you have somebody that's assaulted somebody else, their side of the story is probably just them covering up for themselves. Like, yes, you, especially like in a court of law, you give someone the chance to defend their own position, Mm. but you cannot weigh both stories as equal. You cannot weigh the person, you cannot give the same credibility to the person who assaulted somebody. And also, like, (laughs) to outright say nothing happened. Like, he just straight up lies to Brian to his face. And I was actually really starting to like Brian uh, up to, like, last episode and and the beginning of this episode. And then when they have this public confrontation and Gandia is like, you told Brian that nothing happened. And Brian just sits there and says fucking nothing. Yeah, and even even more so, I feel like he kind of does a little bit say, like, yeah, it kind of happened, and, like, kind of weasels his way out, and then Brian takes it as nothing happened. Yeah. And then, like, he, like, almost encourages him to be like, so nothing happened. Yeah, because it, it's so much more convenient yeah. for Brian. It's so much more convenient for Brian, for Ganya to have made it up. So he's going to go with that. And it fucking sucks. It's it's really gross. It, yeah. It hurts. And and I and I honestly want to know Clay's opinion because Clay is the only other person on the tribe. We don't know what Clay thinks about this at all because we get a confessional of him being like she's out there throwing a fit, but up to that point Clay doesn't know what's going on. Right. Nobody's told Clay that this happened. So he just sees somebody that's might be, like, frustrated and is off screaming. And, frankly, that would be my reaction, too. I'd be like, you can't go off and start punching trees and screaming because you're upset with somebody. Yeah. Oh, that happened? Okay, very different story. And then in the group meeting, Clay's like, 
Clay stays silent and then is like, okay, let's fish. I'm, I, I think, hopefully, I would love it if uh, Chewy Gone goes a tribal next episode and the women pull Clay. I don't think that's going to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if Gandia goes home next episode, which is fucked. We just watched gaslighting happen in real time. Like we, we 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 watched the life cycle of someone who gets assaulted happen over the course of forty five minutes. We watched them get close to or them get close to their assaulter. Uh-huh. We watched the assault happen. We watched her try to rationalize it. We watched him apologize. We watched for him it. apologize to her in person. Yeah. Until it became a bigger thing. When, and apologize for it and try to downplay it. Yes. We saw her accept that because humans are conditioned to believe people until we can no longer believe them. Which is why con artists and stuff like that. Like, I think the trust you put in, and I'm sorry I'm monologuing, but the trust you put in people every day is outstanding. You drive a vehicle down the street and there's a hundred other people driving vehicles and you trust them to follow all of the same rules that you are. Uh-huh. You, you go and you buy food from the store and you trust that somebody didn't poison it. Like we, we have implicit trust in people. That's how society can exist at all. You are conditioned when somebody tells you something to believe them until you can no longer do so. Yeah. So she tries to believe him. And then we watch her realize that it, that doesn't make any sense. That that explanation doesn't make any sense with what she actually experienced. Yeah. And then we see her try to get some solidarity, try to find community. We see her get attacked. We see him use that against her, that he accept, that she accepted his apology. And then we see the beginnings of the ostracization. Fuck, man. It fucking sucks. It does. It's, it's a real bummer. And like I said, it's, it's like watching Me Too play out Almost like beat for beat, yeah. On on live TV in two thousand two, and we see the assaulter take the time that the victim is using to recover to gain credibility, yeah. and he becomes the leader of the tribe. He, uh, we don't see like what politics he's doing on the side, but he's he's oh no, we're one happy family, everything's fine. He's leading the immunity challenge, yeah, and taking a big part of that to make it all to make it very public. And trying to pin it like she's the crazy one. And next episode, from that little bit we get, it looks like it works. Yikes, man. Yeah, I'm not going to be SEO. It's it's not good. I, like, I cannot believe the show let him stay on. And I know it's 2002. And, like, I'm not, su- I'm not surprised, but I am very fucking disappointed. We are a while away from people getting booted for... Assault? Mi- misconduct. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's this, this will not be the last time misconduct oh, happens on the show. So just buckle yourself up for that. Fuck. Well, I hope he gets it bad. <laughs> and this is it's so crazy to me, because this isn't even like a nuanced situation. Yeah. Like this there isn't even plausible deniability. Not that there really ever should be in the case of an assault, but uh-huh. like even he doesn't believe his own story, and you see him not believe his own story. Yeah. But it's that that one little <coughs> kernel of doubt overrides her entire experience. Yeah, I just want to like call out one the women. Good for them for the yes. solidarity that they had. Two, shame on Brian. Shame on fucking Brian. I think like the sh- the shame clearly on Ted and like what Ted did was 
horrible and gross. Yeah. And like, but Brian is an enabler. Brian is an enabler. And possibly Clay, but like I said, I don't. We don't really. Clay doesn't know, didn't know what happened. Then when he did, he awkwardly tried to run away as quickly as possible. Yeah, I do want to talk about Clay's comment about how when Gandia was off, like throwing a fit and rightfully throwing a fit, he admits to beating his two year old child. I didn't catch that. He's like, if uh, if my two year old kid would do that, I would I'd beat him till they sleep. And like, holy shit, dude. Why is that so normalized? I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't cast people exclusively from the South. <laughs> I'm not saying that that is more that that means it's going to happen, but it does seem like it makes it more common. No, I yeah, I I had more words. I've kind of lost them. Oh yeah, the women pulling around together. Like yeah, of course they did. Like the other two of them have probably had something very similar happen. And, you know, uh, Gandia says that she's previously been raped, which... Yeah, that's, that I think is, is something that we should have said earlier on. It's, that's an important key to this. Is, yeah. Is she talks about, like, how I still live with, like, the, the moment-to-moment, and I feel like at some point it's, it's almost my fault. And yeah! you're like, oh, and we're watching this play out in real time again. And, like, you have to understand her her frustration and her anger about, like, that past is playing out also in this present. And, like, she's standing up in a way that she didn't last time. And, like, uh, it's so heartbreaking. It's so hard to watch. Big, big bummers all around. Yeah, and if it wasn't for the fact that this is a show with where every everyone has one vote, mm-hmm. I don't think they ever... I don't think Jan would have ever told Brian. Because... How many, how, for how many hundreds and thousands of years have women had those experiences happen and had Brian's hear them and then ignore them the second they go talk to the man? Yeah. Like, she, like yeah, they all, they all jump to solidarity with her because they've, that is what that community has always had to do with no support from the outside and just being told that they're lying and seeking attention. And it is insane. Yeah. But I actually think there's not that the types of people that would that that would side with Ted would ever have would ever like sit down and watch episode of Survivor to do an intellectual exercise. Uh-huh. But this is a very interesting case study of the cycle of abuse, and I cannot like poor fucking Nadia or uh, Gandia. Sorry, um, I have a coworker I work with named Nadia. The name got combined. Poor fucking Gandia. She has to now live with her abuser. Someone that she trusted. We have heard from other surviving contestants that the people, I mean, except for the ones that they hate. Right. They're like family. Yeah. It's, it's so hard. And going back and watching this today is so interesting in that the show frames it in a great way for you to be like, Gandia was absolutely in the right. But... I don't think that was their intent. I don't think it was either. And I don't think that... And it's it's weird to see that happen where... You're, you're right. It, it frames it where you're watching. You're like, wow. Yeah, Gandia. Like, this is horrible. And this uh-huh. horrible is happening. And you're waiting for the consequences? Uh-huh. That just never come. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. Which in its own way is also poetic. Yeah. And fucking terrible. The, in, in a weird way, the documentary style serve them justice in a way that 
had they controlled the narrative a little harder, we would be looking at this in a way that, like, Survivor, shame on you. And I will say, this is something we talked about in Marquesas, too, that they accidentally stumbled on something that was very interesting. Yeah. I do appreciate that Survivor... I'm sure they put their thumb on the scale, and I'm sure there's things that we don't see. They could have maybe edited around this. Maybe. They could have... I, I, they could have made this a very, like, a very big, like, Suk, uh, Suk Jai episode. Uh-huh. Especially because they go to Tribal. I'm predicting that if the Orange Tribe loses next week, Gandia goes home. I, I It might have been hard, but it wouldn't have been impossible. And the show handled this fucking horribly. Yeah. But I'm glad that it, they didn't try to cover it up. What makes me doubt is the fact that it spans over two episodes... And it's harder to hide something when it affects six days of work than when it does two days. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm horrified and interested to see how this plays out next episode. Yeah. Ugh. I'm I'm done talking. Do you have any other thoughts here? No, that was a long monologue, but that's, that's what I got. Cool. Uh, I guess we'll end as we've end a couple other ways. Like, hey... If you're in a situation where you need help and you feel like people aren't listening to you, get help. Uh, and if somebody tells you that something bad has happened to them, listen to them. Yes. That's, that's that doesn't key. mean turn off your criti- I, I I'm gonna play I'm gonna fight against the devil's advocate people that I cannot imagine to listen to this podcast with everything that I rant about and we stand for. But listening to somebody and believing somebody doesn't mean that you turn off your critical thinking brain. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you go on witch hunts. But you listen to people and you believe them. And Support them. What a Trumpian word now. The word witch yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> cool. Bumper. Uh, that'll do it for this depressing episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. There will be more episodes like this. Ah, uh, I hope not. But uh, we try to bring the funnies and bring the, the ha-has and the, the scathing commentary as we go. Yeah. I don't know. Anything you'd like to promote? If you're not a femme-presenting person, be better. Like, support the people around you better, and be someone that... Don't be Brian. Don't be Brian. Yeah, don't be Brian. That's a big one. Just don't. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to promote Planned Parenthood. Because oh. uh, they, they do so much more than the one thing that you're like, oh, that's Planned Parenthood. Yes, they do. So, like... For those people who advocate against it, I, you really need to, like, it's so much more than that thing. And, like, it is essentially a woman's shelter. It is a women's health center. It is... It's never been about that thing, though. It's always been about hating women. I know it is. So, this, here we are. Anyway, that'll do it. For my co-host, Jared, this is Steven. For my host, Steven, this is Jared. Bye-bye. Take care of yourselves. Take care of yourself. Go hug, go hug someone, but respect Consensually. Consensually. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>